0: Welcome to Kohler Mania. Thank you for joining us today. We are on a roll with our previous topics regarding financial stewardship that we're going to get into today. I am Tanya
1: and I'm Michael.
0: And today we're going to talk about savings as part of our financial stewardship. It is important for us to save our money that the Lord has given to us. So we're going to go ahead and get right into that topic.
1: Yes, this is a very another very important topic when it comes to being good financial stewards of everything that is God's. God's money, in particular, is what we're talking about today, and how to teach that to our children, how to be good managers of God's money. We started off with tithing. Got to make sure we are teaching that very important principle of tithing and modeling that for our children. Then how to st- not s- get into Uh, A hole, a financial hole and being a slave to any lender with a bunch of debt, whether it be consumer debt, car debt, house debt, school debt. Let's change the paradigm in our modern society of just paying everything through debt and financing it. And just strapping our finances and not being able to do much because we have just got all these payments that we have to make and sometimes these huge holes to try to get out of. And if we've done that and we've gotten our children off to a good foot into early childhood and college and and they have absolutely no debt. Can you imagine that? Coming out of college into their first careers and having absolutely no debt, no consumer debt, no credit card debt. They don't have a house yet. They've got no school loans because they've paid for that uh, without financing it. They paid for a car with cash that they saved up for. And so, you know, they bought a good used car that's really nice, but they were able to save up for and put cash and they've got absolutely no hold that they're trying to dig themselves out of. Now, what do they do now that they're starting off on their own and they've got their first career job. They've I'm sure been working all along and we've been teaching them financial lessons with the jobs that they've had as teenagers and things. And we'll get into those financial lessons um, in another podcast, but they're now starting their first careers. What do they do? Well, Dave Ramsey and other financial planners and financial experts recommend that off the top, save 15% of your income. Take it out like taxes you don't even treat it as income that's coming in. You don't even think about it as income. 15% off the top is just going right in to saving. And this is something we've been teaching our kids all along when it comes to allowances that they get uh, for doing chores. 15% off the top goes into their savings for long-term future savings. And we continue to talk about that and and reinforce that in high school and what other jobs that they have. And now in their career, we just remind them of that. But where does that 15% go? We're saving it automatically, but where does it go to? The first thing we've got to make sure is that we have $1,000 of cash reserves. This is a, a Dave Ramsey method of make sure that at the very least, you have $1,000 to cover any surprise expenses of a car breaking down, a dryer that breaks, any kind of expense that breaks so we don't have to immediately go to a credit card to figure out how to pay for this expense that has to be paid for. Got to have a car to get to work. Got to have a washer and dryer or whatever that happens. And so if we don't have that cash reserves, we may immediately go to a credit card. And now we're starting to dig ourselves in a hole again. So we need to make sure that we have that at least and be in almost a panic mode to make sure that we have that. And then from there, start building up a three to six month cash reserve cash, meaning it's not in a pillow, but that it's in a bank account that you have easy access to. It's not tied to the ups and downs of the market. So we feel bad about going to. That cash reserve, if the market happens to be down and we'll be losing all this money if we were to sell it. So you don't want it attached to the market. This is a very quick, easy cash that you can get to, to a savings account or a money market account that you can get to quickly three to six months. The reason he gives that leeway between three to six months is because people's finances may be a little different and their risk tolerance may be a little different. Um, some feel more comfortable if they have six months reserve. Some feel very uncomfortable if they have six months of savings in an account that's not gaining any interest and they won't be able to sleep at night because they got all this money that's not gaining much interest. And maybe you don't need that much interest. Maybe you only need three months. If you've got a job that you know that you've got the skills and there's plenty of job openings. If you were to lose your job, you could quickly get another one or you're married and you're in a good financial position where the other person is working, the other spouse. And if you were to lose your job, you think that you could live pretty well on the one income for a while, even for a year uh, while looking for another job, maybe just three months is sufficient. So there's some leeway there. The important thing is to have cash reserves. I see where even very wealthy people that have plenty of money like to have cash reserves on hand to be able to even take advantage of a business opportunity that comes up. They just need very quick cash and be able to put it down really quickly. And so we want to establish that principle, too, of in case there is some type of financial opportunity that comes up, hopefully a safe one. And they're not just being too risky with it, but they have that. Finances available to to get at as well. So, having that three to six months cash reserves. Then, after that, we want to put that 15% into retirement. Now, this is very important with children because retirement out of college and in their first career is more than likely not going to be on their radar at all. They're not going to be thinking about retirement. That's for old people. That's just so far down the road. That why in the world would I need to save for this now? This is something that if this is going to happen, that if this is going to happen because we've discipled them as to the importance of this, the sooner one starts with retirement savings, the more that compound interest can gather, your money can make money for you just sitting there. It is a sweet thing to just look at a bank account that's growing on its own without having to do a single thing. And the more we put in, and the earlier we put it in, the more that that can just grow to an enormous amount compared to what we actually put in. And the importance of starting that right away, if we can help our children realize as soon as you get that six, three to six months emergency savings in there, start putting that in a retirement account right now. We can even open up a retirement account for our children while they're working a high school job. Anybody that's working can open up a retirement account, a Roth or a 401k, go ahead and help our children out by starting one. As soon as they are legally able to, because they have a job, open that and start funding it. Um, There's some financial advisors that say like the Roth is such a good opportunity out there. And as finances for the country start to become a little bit more strapped, they may get rid of the Roth But it's so popular that they probably would have to grandfather it so that anybody that already has a Roth account would still be allowed to keep it just in case that happens. I think just starting one and starting to fund it, even with just a little amount, is probably a wise thing to do. And. Certainly to already have our children started on that. So when they start a career, they don't have to learn what a Roth is or a 401k. They already have these things open. We've already taught them what it is. And now after they got the six months reserve, they just start steering 15% of their income right into that Roth account that is already there. And I keep mentioning the Roth because I everybody loves the Roth. I love the Roth versus a 401k. If you know the differences between the Roth and the 401k, The Roth is you've already taxed on your money and then you put it into a Roth and it grows tax free and you can take it out completely tax free. You just cannot beat that versus the 401k, which brings down your taxable income right now. So if you're making $50,000 and you put $1,000 into a 401k, your taxable income now is $49,000. So if you have a reason to bring your taxable income down now, then there might be some reasons to go for a 401k. Otherwise- a Roth, you just can't beat that. When you get to retirement, the ability to, if you've got a million dollars into your account, you can just take that million dollars out and do whatever you want to with it and you're not taxed. You take a million dollars out in one lump sum of a 401k and the government's going to take half of it in taxes. That's, it's just such a huge difference. There's just so much freedom with the Roth to be able to, to do different things with that money. Um, but if your financial planner looking at your specific finances sees a strategic reason to go with a 401k, go with that. Uh, we're not trying to be your um, financial planners here. We are not certified financial planners. We, we try to learn, apply, and teach what we're learning from the expert financial planners. And it's really important to have a general background knowledge of these things. So when you go to a financial planner, They're more than likely going to give you options and then ask what you want to do. And if you're like, I have no idea, just tell me what to do. They're not going to usually make the decision for you. Plus, a financial planner may have some other biases towards certain financial products that make more money for them on commissions. And so you got to watch out for that. Not they're necessarily being disingenuous, but they just may favor some products that make them money where versus a product that has very little commissions, but is actually better for you. And so it's good to know some of these things so you can make an informed decision and not just go blindly by what a financial planner has to say. But if we can set our children up with a good financial planner, already set them up with a Roth that they can already put retirement in, man, if they're not already ahead of the game by not being Penalized with debt and trying to get out of the hole of debt and being a slave to the lender, not only are they not doing that and moving backwards in their financial position, but they are actually moving forward right from the start, putting 15% in income. They've been doing this all along, even as a child with their pay that they got for doing chores. And then they do it as a high schooler. And now when they're out on their first career making some real money, then 15% right off the bat is going right into that and taking advantage of those tax advantaged retirement plans that the government has set up that are almost too good to be true. And if they were to do that by the time they reach retirement, they will be in some really good financial position, uh, to be able to, to, to have fun and give and be generous and all along have just their financial Position just really grow from there and um, have their net worth be big that they can fall on and plenty of income and and assets that they can fall on if if they were ever to get into some financial straits. Their financial security will really look nice and they'll be able to do a lot for the kingdom if we help them get started on that right foot. But one exception to the 401k is if your company has a match. Uh, Make sure you take advantage of that free money. If you put in $200 and your company will put in and match that $200, don't leave that free money on the table as much as you can take advantage of that free money. So advise your children to look out for those kind of things that are offered by their company. Does your company offer a free match of of a 401k or, or something? It may not be a Roth It may be what's called a Roth 401k is usually what it is, where the the company contributes to a 401k side, um, but what you contribute to as the employee is a Roth. So when you take it out, what you contributed as a Roth is taxed like a Roth, meaning it's not taxed when you take it out and the 401k is taxed because it hasn't been taxed yet. So, we want to advise our children on those different retirement plans, but man, if they can get started right off the bat in those retirement plans, uh, even in high schools, we've already set them up with that. They would just be in great financial straits. I like what Proverbs says, in the house of the wise is wealth, but the fool spends all that he has. Or a better one is even Proverbs 6, 6 through 8, where it says, look to the ant you sluggard even calls us a name to get our, get our attention. Look to the ant, you slugger, who during the summer seasons, when things are good, saves up and stores for the winter seasons when things are really light. And so the, the Bible calls us to save. It doesn't just call us to tithe, Um, to tithe all that we have. Sometimes there's examples when when God specifically might call us to give up all that we have. And are we willing to do that to follow him? But as a general principle, most of us are called to tithe 10% and above that an offering and then to save. And the amount to save is not specified. And that's where we get the the financial wisdom of the Dave Ramsey of this world who recommends 15%. And I've heard other financial planners that recommend moving that up as your income level moves up, that hopefully your income starts to gain with any kind of promotions or such. And as it does give more than 15% and start inching up to more like 20 and 25%, especially if you, you get up into the higher income ranges, start to save more. And this is what we teach our children as well. We might start off maybe just saving 10% as a five-year-old with their chores. But as they get older, we're going to start stressing more of 15% and then maybe 20, 25% and get to a point, maybe as a high school, we're actually saving most of our income and spending a smaller percentage as we're saving for college and for our future good financial stewardship. That's what we're trying to pass on to our children. If we can learn that as adults, even learning from our failures How many of us do, I know we did, I know I did. We often learn more from our financial failures than our victories, but if we can save our children from learning from those failures, learn from our failures and get them on the right foot uh, the more that we can do that. And it doesn't take much. I mean, it, it's like, how do we spend all this time teaching that to our children? It says, this is what we teach them doing our 30 minute Bible studies in the morning. We have some topics on finances or if we're homeschooling. We add that to our curriculum and we make sure that our children go into adulthood, ready to launch into a career and knowing how to tithe, knowing how to save, knowing how to avoid those financial mistakes. And they're not just left to learn on their own through trial and error.
0: Everything you said is exactly what we need to be doing. We need to be good stewards of saving our money. But I also want to say that we do need to enjoy our finances as well, because we could be so rigor on our savings that we don't do anything, or we don't enjoy some of the things that the Lord has allowed us to do, like vacations or, you know, allowing our children to, do mission trips and things that they would enjoy because we're so focused on the savings. And I think that savings is a great thing. We have to do it, but we also need to be able to have wisdom and discernment when it comes to spending as well. So that there's a balance to enjoy what the Lord has given us, because I know like, in our experience, we could be saving so much that we're losing out on those beautiful family moments, those things that bring up memories, those things that help us. And even with our children that they want to remember these things like, wow, we, we do save, but we enjoyed certain things. Not that we're living this extravagant lifestyle, but we are enjoying the little things that the Lord allows us to have in our life.
1: Yes. And that's a very important point. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the Ecclesiastes principle that speaks about nothing better than to eat, drink, and enjoy the fruits of your labor and enjoy the wife of your youth. There's so much about Ecclesiastes that brings that balance to us that we're not just here to work all the time for the kingdom and save, but God also wants us to enjoy life and enjoy the fruits of our labor. And he said he came that we might have joy and our joy might be full and that he wants to give us good things. It makes me think of the different personalities uh, money-wise. Some You may even call it money-love languages, so to speak. You can break them down very specifically, but kind of the two major ones are savers and spenders. And we can see that in our kids. We can see that in ourselves where people tend to be savers. I know we, Tanya and I, tend to be both savers, and so it almost pains us to spend large amounts <laughs> of, of money or any significant amount of money whatsoever, even to take vacations or to do any updates to our house. It's like, oh, man, we just don't want to dip into our savings. And, you know, others are spenders. You know, they want to enjoy life. They live by the Ecclesiastes principle of eat, drink and enjoy the fruits of your labor. God calls us to be both, though. And our savers may need to be a little bit more intentional about spending and enjoying life. And our spenders may need to be a little bit more intentional about saving for the future and being prepared that way for unexpected events that might come up. God calls us to do both. And we want to teach all of this to our children and start very early with chores and break up their allowance by saying, you know, what do we do with our first 10 percent? That goes to the church. And then what do we do with our next 10 or 15 percent that goes to saving long term? And then we can spend the rest. That's for young ages. As they get older, we kind of want to reverse the savings and spending and save most of it and have a little bit left over for spending. But we don't save it all and don't enjoy any of life. we we got to watch out for that balance where our kids, we might not. We might need to teach our savers how to spend a little bit more. We might, might need to teach our spenders how to save better as a discipline because the Bible calls us to do both. But I like you bringing out that point as a a point of balance and looking out for those different personalities when it comes to money. But I like how we balance ourselves out as couples, at least those that have they may have a spouse that's a saver and another that's a spender. That could be a, a point of contention. But man, if we can use that as a point of balance to balance one another out, that the spender teaches the saver how to enjoy life a little bit more. And the saver teaches the spender to actually save a little bit for unexpected events and ha- have that happy middle ground. It's it's a little hard, like with both of us, <laughs> where we're both savers yeah. and we don't balance each other out. We, we kind of we kind of feed into that saving mentality and we, yeah, we have in-
0: to constantly tell each other, okay, we're going on a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to spend a little
1: money and it's okay. We don't have to feel guilty. God says it's okay to spend and enjoy life and enjoy the fruits of your labor. And we've got to be more intentional about that so that we have that balance. So if you have spouses with the different personalities, use it to balance each other out. If you both have the same personality, you got to figure out some other way to balance that out. But also, as we're discipling our children, look for those different personalities in our children and help them with that balance and making sure that all of the commands and mandates of the Bible are being followed to save and spend and tithe.
0: What a great topic we've talked about today, and it's wonderful because it allows us to see the different perspectives regarding saving and what we should be doing and planning, but also what the Lord has given us, we can also enjoy the fruits of our labor. And that is so important, but really teaching our children to be wise and all the other podcasts that we talked about regarding tithing, which is such an important command, and then the caution about debt. And here we're talking about savings. It's just a wonderful financial stewardship that the Lord is teaching us through his word so that we can put that into action in our families. And I think that we have a couple more podcasts to talk about within financial stewardship that we'll cover. What are those topics?
1: Very important topic on how to save for college. If we can save for college instead of using debt to finance it, that's a big issue lately. A lot of kids are really hurt financially coming out of college with this huge amount of student loan debt and not the jobs to be able to pay it back. And so if we can get them out of college without that debt, being able to pay for it. What are some strategies to be able to do that? So we'll look at that. And then some odds and ends, important odds and ends that we need to make sure that we are teaching our children about uh, in regards to financial stewardship
0: awesome and so we'll pick up on these topics on the next podcast and as always we are so blessed and we're thankful for our listeners and those who take the time to listen and we hope that this encourages you encourages you to seek the lord always in everything that we do and all of the things that he has given us to be good stewards of until next time
1: god bless